Thank you. Uh, can I, I believe Angela is going to be coming up to pray for Chris. Come on up. That was weak. Can we give Angela a very big hand? <laughs> so Chris is going to be bringing us the word of God tonight. And so we just want to take the time to pray for him. Angela and Corey are going to pray for me because I need that extra prayer today. So let me get in between both of you. You mind starting us off? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today to ask that you will come into this building and soften every heart as Chris speaks and that, Lord, you will speak through him and give him the words to say. In your name we pray. Amen. And God, I just thank you. Thank you for who you are all by yourself. And I thank you for Pastor Chris Lee and his family, um, what they're doing in the community and also in the church, God. I ask you now as he gets up to preach your word, that you use him, God, and the people not see him, but they see the God that's in the man. And I thank you now in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Wow. This word has to be good after that. <clears throat> I'm telling you. And it's just so good being a part of this celebration as we celebrate our youth and praise and worship. As our youth sang and did offering. It's just been such a filling day so far. I just, how do you follow that? That's so, this is just so filling already before I even say a word. So, I just want to thank a whole lot of people for making this day happen. So can we give it up to everybody who put time and effort to make this time to celebrate our youth happen? We have sat down with the pastors to plan this. We have chat staff and residents running transportation. We have our teens that have come out. Y'all give it up for our teens. And I'm just so grateful to everybody, for everyone um, who've put in a lot of time and effort just to bless our youth. So, before we get into the word, I just want to encourage and exhort our youth who are in this room right now today. This is Youth Sunday, but this is not a youth-centered word that I'm about to give. Because everybody in this room today is at the age of accountability. All the young kids went across the street. And it will not be justice if I gave y'all a watered-down kind of word. The Bible says, let no one despise you in your youth. And I will tell every teenager, high schooler and middle schooler today, that there is no junior Holy Spirit. And God can move just as powerfully through you at your age right now as he can move through me. So I just need to encourage us all, and also for everybody else listening, this is one of those words that makes me nauseous in my flesh to give. I'm just going to say that. So, the sermon today is pigs and pearls. <laughs> so, when Jesus preached on the Sermon of the Mount, he starts in chapter 5 of Matthew, and he gives this sermon that goes from chapter 5 all the way through chapter 7. 
And the content that he gives is just amazing. He goes through so many things. He covers the Beatitudes, and the Beatitudes are blessed are those and so on. For instance, like blessed are those who are poor in spirit. He talks about the law. He talks about murder. He talks about adultery. He talks about divorce, oaths, loving your enemies, giving to the needy, fasting. He even talks about our treasures in heaven. He goes over so many topics, which spans three, two or three chapters in the book of Matthew. And he made a statement that just stuck out to me that had no context to any of the other themes that he spoke about. And it's almost like he just slid that in and let it stand on its own. And when I saw that, I said, hold up. This has to be important, one, because Jesus said it, and because it stands on its own. That statement was in Matthew 7, verse 6. And it reads, Do not give what is holy to the dogs, or cast your pearls before swine. Least they trample it under their feet and tear you into pieces. Now, as I preach today and as I talk to you all today, I'd like to talk to you about two things. The first thing I'd like to talk to us about is how we relate to the kingdom of God. Okay? Because that's that's a very big thing that this scripture talks about. And the second thing we're going to talk about is how we relate to each other. Okay? So... As we get into the scripture and we start digging into this thing, we see, don't give what is holy to the dogs. The question I have first is, what is holy? And we look at what is holy, we understand it's referring to an offering, and it was referring to the meat offering, and it was in recognition of the sovereignty of God and of his beauty and giving all earthly blessings. But it was also the sin offering, the offering for sin. And we know that if we look at what's holy and we know that it's being related in context to the people, when Jesus said this, that would have registered to him. What is holy? We're talking about this offering. So what that offering directly relates to us today is that it relates to Jesus Christ because he has been our sin offering. And even Paul said, Christ in me is the hope of glory. So when we talk about this scripture and we look at it, we look at a sin offering that he's referring to. He's talking about himself. And it's talking about how we relate to that. You can also read about the the meat offering in Leviticus too. But we just want to nail down that this is what we're talking about. We're talking about Christ and Christ in us. Okay? And then he relates that to dogs. He says, don't give what is holy to the dogs. Does anybody have a dog? Everybody has a dog? A lot of people? I have a dog, and if anybody knows... Or have heard my dog, you would think she's a vicious beast if you come and knock on my doorbell. She sounds scary. But this dog is my baby, and I love her to death. But there are just some things that my dog does that sends me into my flesh from zero to 100. Does anybody have a dog that does that to you? The one thing that my dog does... Okay, I have to tell a story. So... When my kids were younger, they would have this thing sometimes where they would go to the bathroom and they would forget to flush the toilet. Who knows where I'm going? 
Oh my gosh. So my dog one day, when we're rushing out the house, and you know when you have small kids, you have to make sure that they go potty before you go out on a trip or something. They forget to flush the toilet. We come home. Who can guess what happened? And y'all know we have hardwood floors. The dog drug everything out of the toilet. Toilet paper and all the that was in there stuff. Drug it through the house. Sifted through it all. Ate all the poop. And left everything on the floor. In between the cracks of the hardwood floor. And Kim, if you look at my wife, and she will tell you to look on my face when I walked in the door, y'all would have said, he is no pastor. Or he does not know God at all. I had to repent. But this is the thing about dogs. A dog will go back and eat his vomit too. Just like he'll go back and eat poop. And my dog had a full bowl of food. The crazy thing is a dog will treat what is holy in the same way he treats what comes out the toilet. And as we think about us and how we relate to the kingdom of God and how we relate to Jesus, is it more important for us sometimes to fulfill the lust of our flesh than it is to pursue Christ? So often we turn away from what's holy and what's found in the truth of Christ for some stuff. And then we look at the scripture and we see pearls. As we go back and we read the scripture, don't cast your pearls before a swine, at least they trample them under their feet turn and tear you into pieces. When we look in the scripture and we see pearls, we look at Matthew 13, 45 through 46. And Jesus said, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Anybody in that day would know that when you relate the kingdom of God to something like a pig, It is disgusting. It's a disgusting thought to even ponder. It is even more disgusting that that would come out of somebody's mouth, putting those two things in the same sentence. I say all the time that salvation is free, but the kingdom costs everything. That's like my tagline. Anybody who knows me knows that I say that all the time. And just like a sinner who has a choice between heaven and hell, a Christian has a choice between the world in the kingdom of God. A Christian, someone who has access to the kingdom of God but chooses the world, a Christian, someone who has access to the kingdom of God and you choose the world, it's like taking these precious pearls and throwing them in the mud under your feet. What's important? Let's turn to Second Peter two seventeen seventeen through twenty two. And I like to make sure that we have a lot of scripture in what I'm talking about because it's not stuff that's coming from me. 
necessarily, but it's, it's absolutely clear and written in the Word. These people are springs without water and mist driven by a storm. The blackest darkness is reserved for them. For their mouth is empty, boastful words and a and appealing to the lustful desires of the flesh. They entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. They promise them freedom while them themselves are slaves to depravity. For people are slaves to whatever has mastered them. If they have escaped the corruption of this world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and are again entangled in it and are overcome they are worse off in the end than they were in the very beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than for them to have then known it and turned their backs on the sacred commandment passed to them. One of the Proverbs is true. A dog returns to his vomit and a sow is washed returns to wallowing in the mud. These scriptures are speaking to people who have been cleaned or made new by Christ, but who have returned to the very things that Christ freed us from. These scriptures are speaking to people who have been cleaned or made new in Christ, but who have returned to the very things that Christ has freed us from. Those who have been exposed to the light and to truth, but who choose to live in darkness. I, I want to say that one again, too, because that, that convicts me. I'm preaching to myself, y'all. I'm not standing up here holy. I just want to make sure y'all know that, too. You can ask my wife. Those who have been exposed to the light and have truth, but choose to still live in darkness. We just talked about how we relate to what is holy. And we know that refers to Christ. And what's precious. And we know that's referred to as the kingdom of God. And when I, re- when I was reading this, I was like, oh, man, what is this really talking about? And God just really impressed on my spirit that this has everything to do with order and spiritual authority also. Especially when we start talking about how we relate to each other now. So let's go to Matthew 16, 13 through 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And Jesus looked at him and said, But what about you? Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered him, You're the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, for it was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by the Father in heaven. And I will tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I want to challenge us to think today that revelation of spiritual authority comes from the Father in heaven. 
I also want to challenge us to, to really think about this, that the foundation of how we relate to each other comes from revelation of the Father also. Because the kingdom of God is not built on positional authority, but spiritual authority. And spiritual authority is revealed by God. That's what Jesus said. And we know that spiritual authority is revealed by God because in verse 28, chapter 7, verse 28, when Jesus finished saying all these things on the Sermon of the Mount, the crowds were amazed by his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. We recognize spiritual authority when we see it by the Spirit. And we know that because, first let me ask this question. How many people have sat on Pastor Don's porch? Why would we go sit on Pastor Don's porch? Because we recognize that he has something precious. We recognize that we need some of that, of what he has. And it's not that he had to go around telling people that he is the man of God. Don Coleman. But it's because we recognize what's valuable in him. And in the same way Jesus walked the earth, Jesus never asserted himself over anybody. And not once did Jesus ever say to anybody, do you know who I am? But he walked in spiritual authority and people saw that when he spoke. People saw that when he walked. So, what does that say to me? Jesus gave what is holy to 12 people. He gave what was holy and precious to 12 people. And in this, in this scripture it says, Don't give what is holy to the dogs or cast your pearls before swine. Least they trample them under your feet and tear you into pieces. This is the most freeing scripture I ever heard in my life because it lets me know that I'm not obligated to give what is precious to those people who don't see the value in what I have to give. Because people recognize spiritual authority by the Spirit. The Father reveals that to people. Another scripture, Matthew thirteen eleven, the, the disciples came and said to him, why speakest thou in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. As he talks to his disciples. We have been given something very precious. As we seek first the kingdom of God, every person in this room has something very valuable to give. God has given us all revelation. God has given us all something special that we hold to in our hearts. And it means something very valuable to us. But God didn't just give that for you. He gave that so that you can give it away to somebody else. But he also has order in all this stuff. God will give you people to pour into who see the value that Christ has worked in you.
Who are you called to? And who is called to you? Because the Father will reveal that. And that's a good feeling. To know that what you have has value. And so, how we relate to each other, there is a way that we can all get the value that we all have as a community in each other. There's a way that we can do that and not despise the things that God did in each one of us. There's a way that we can position ourselves to get the kingdom of God and all that Jesus has done in each one of us. And I just laid out like three Ps because they're easy to remember and it just helps me. The first P is pursuit. And we got to look and we got to know how to position ourselves. Because there's some people who will come after us because they see the value in us and we want to pour into those people, but we have to we have to be wise and if we're the ones pursuing, we want to make sure that we count the cost in those people that we pursue. I don't want to just hang around somebody and not be willing to take the I don't want to just hang around someone and not be willing to do what it takes or count the cost to get what's valuable that I see in them. Does that make sense? The next one is posture. When people come around us and then when we come around people, we can posture ourselves in a way to receive. It's hard to fill into a cup that's already full. But if we position ourselves in a way that we can receive, we can get all the good stuff that God has done in each and every one of us. And that's important because I want to take advantage of every relationship that's in this room. And the only way I can do that is to position myself to receive. The last P is proximity. It's hard to invest in people that you're not around. We are a body of believers. We call ourselves community. We can live life with each other. As a matter of fact, that's what the book of Acts, that's what they did in that church. They lived life together. That's the plan. God wants us to be in relationship and in community with each other. And bringing it all together, I just want to note that you can't take the kingdom of God exclusively and ignore community. We can't do it. We have to relate to each other in this thing. We have to. And we need to understand how we relate to the kingdom and how we relate to each other. For the Father to reveal to us those people who walk in spiritual authority and for us to be able to come underneath and receive all the good that God has for us. I'd like to ask the prayer team to take the wall as I start to close. There are some people in this room who have turned away from the kingdom of God for the things of this world. I just want to let you know that there's grace in here today. Not just in here, but there is grace for you. There's some people in this room today 
who are stuck in darkness, who have had access to the truth and access to the kingdom of God, but you've chosen darkness, there's grace for you today. If you're stuck in that place, there is grace for you today. And there's someone in this room that's also feeling stuck in that darkness and they feel like they're excluded from community. They feel like because of their darkness, they can't live in the light with people that they know that they're called to. And I just want to let you guys know that there is grace today also. God wants us to live in the light. And not only does God want us to live in light, he wants everybody in this room to know that you are absolutely loved. There is nothing that anybody in this room, that anybody in this room could do that will ever disappoint God. He is a father. He's a good father. And just like he's a good father, there's nothing that we could ever do in this room in the darkness that will cause our father not to love us anymore. I am a father. There is nothing that my kids could do that will cause me to not love them. The father's arms are open wide. He doesn't want you just to receive him, but he wants to receive, he wants you to receive everything that's in him. The community that he put around you, the people that he put around you, and the fullness of his kingdom. So if you fit in any of those categories today, I want to invite you to the altar. You can kneel down at the altar and pray, or you can also go to somebody on the wall. Somebody is is eager to pray for you. Somebody is eager to love you today. Every day I try to position myself to receive. Every day with every relationship I have, I want to make sure I have a posture where I can gain everything that everybody who God has put me in relationship with that they found in the kingdom of God and in Jesus. If that's you today, feel free to come up and get some prayer.